You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. Today, Maeve and I are joined by Alberto Perón, who is the sales director for Yacht Refit at Lursons. Alberto, good afternoon, and thank you very much for joining us here. Good afternoon to you, too. You know what I love about Italian names? When you say an Italian name, it's always such a musical event. It's not like Dave Dempsey or whatever, you know, that's a bit bare. But when you say an Italian name, it's Alberto Perona de Zara. It's, it's, that's it? You know, it's no wonder Italians are so great at opera. <laughs> Such a musical <laughs> language. We're very lucky. Alberto, thank you very much for joining us. And you're just back from Yare, aren't you? Yes, indeed. We're going to talk about um, that in a moment. But before we get there, what we'd like to talk about is you. Everybody loves it when I say that. Because <laughs> there is a, a little bit of, of both with you, Alberto. There's Italian and German. And at the moment working in a in Germany in a German boat building company. And, and you've been exposed to Ireland as well, which is probably a very big influence, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, give us a little bit of history. Did you start off as a kid in sailing and love of boats or... How did you end up in this industry? No, um, because I broke my leg. I was cycling very intensely when I was studying economics in Milano. And uh, unfortunately, on a very bad Sunday, because it was a Formula One day and Inter Milan, uh, you know, the famous derby where the two teams of Milan play together. Nice. It's a day where you should never get hurt because if you get hurt, you'll stay on the street until Monday morning. <laughs> and instead, I destroyed my left leg and um, and stayed in hospital so many days, you know, with all those nasty wise things that I decided uh, I will never go back to economics. And so, you know, there's always there's always a positive side really to to just about anything. And uh, and I told my mother. As soon as I get up, I will not go back to the Catholica, to the university. I will go and do something else. What do you want to do? I want to design boats. And indeed, when I got up on my feet with crutches, I went to Pisa to the airport because Florence Airport didn't exist. When it was only private, it was too short. And I went by crutches. On crutches, I went to do my first interview at Southampton University. So In Southampton that's, University? That's how... In yeah. the UK. Nin- 1988, the ugliest city in the world. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's, it's stunning, isn't it? And, uh, and all because of a broken... So you're doing economics. It, I, I got to admit, it doesn't take much to convince somebody not to do economics. But yes. you broke your leg and then thought, I want to... So obviously you, you, you'd had a, a passion for the design of boats or something beforehand. I mean, or did you bang your head and suddenly... You no, 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 no. I, I always had a fascination with boats, and I always drew boats in my in my books and in school things. Um, I always drew them the wrong way, always with the, with the uh, port, uh, bow to port, which is a, something you don't do for yachts. Everything that is yachts is always drawn, bow to starboard, it, well, bow it, to the right of paper. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny, I've and, seen some uh, boats who were actually built that way, So, but we'll talk about that another day. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, of course, in those years, my parents told me there's no way that uh, 
do you actually is a university for that or and you know very conservative parents and and instead luckily i found southampton and i had uh, four beautiful years there studying and um, and i started like that and it was um, the best uh, the best broken leg i ever had oh, and so you you started off as a naval architect yes and um, i went to argentina at the beginning for almost five years and uh, worked there at the beginning for a shipyard, uh, actually working on the shop floor, which was a fantastic experience. And then instead I joined forces with a uh, Argentinian fellow with whom I had studied and we started designing and building boats. And it was uh, really, really a fantastic uh, experience starting from from zero and um, designing everything, doing it, going to the foundries, stuff that I, if anybody asks for advice what to do, I would say start, look at everything, make sure you don't miss a millimeter from anything. So, so you, you go, I mean, that must be actually very beautiful because you go from your imagination to a drawing on two-dimensional paper and then Absolutely. all the way through to seeing this yeah. boat splash in the water. And then building the first and then driving on some destroyed pickup across South America with a boat on the back. I think I bought that. I've got one outside. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and putting the boats in the, wa boat in the water, sailing in, uh, in clubs um, with good people, luckily, way better sailors than me that, uh, that made sure that we always cut uh, in front, uh, pulling up in the, in the club and starting your spiel and selling the boat that you had just uh, designed and with which you have passed in front of boats that were five, six, seven feet longer. And if it was windier, windy, even bigger. Uh, so that's a uh, multi-comprehensive experience. And what was your first boat? And, uh, and that lasted until 96, until Argentina went, unfortunately, in a very deep crisis, mm. 96. And then I moved to California and joined a fantastic naval architect, uh, Alan Andrews, who was very involved in transpack boats in those days. And um, and then in the Whitbread, which is the reason why he had uh, hired me to do his uh, tank testing and VPP program for one of the challenges of the Whitbread. Interestingly, we, we've been talking with a, a captain recently, and he was talking about the importance in, in life, you know, if you're looking at being a captain. But I think it is, it's true throughout the industry, more than certification or other things, the importance of life experience, of having these life experiences and, you know, learning from the ground up. In, in your case, you know, starting with naval architecture and, and learning from the ground up how to design a boat, that it doesn't matter how many certificates or qualifications you get, that life experience of doing it is um, an invaluable part of, of building a career. And I, I love hearing the stories of how people got to where they are because it is very often a, a different path, but it similarly has some basic grounds in either design or sailing or in some way being connected with it. Yeah, Absolutely. We've been talking about the, the difference between captains that come into the industry from being young and sailing enthusiasts and 
you know, um, through clubs and then end up in super yacht uh, captains versus people who come in having no sailing background, see it as a, a quick way to get rich and then fast track to the bridge and the difference mm-hmm. between those two type of captains. So it was, a, it was a, a fascinating discussion. But similarly in, in each industry, I think you can find I think it's parallels. The board, yeah. You know, life experience is a big part of, and, and that's what I love is hearing people's stories of how they got, the progression of how they got to where they are. You know, this industry in, in the past years, I'd say maybe well, 15, started at a certain point believing that, uh, especially in the management positions, it was an interesting thing to try people that came from a completely different industry um, without making any names as people that came from uh, the car industry, from other in, other, other mm. branches. And that in many cases works, but if you, if you are put in front of uh, the consumers, whatever industry, again, you are, huh, having done the mopping of the floors, the cleaning of the models, uh, the calculation of or knowing what the prismatic coefficient is, which, of course, has nothing to do with my life nowadays, but somehow gives you um, a good level of solidity and, uh, and that you own your materia pretty well. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, and that's an important thing to transmit to your clients. Again, whatever is dishwashers or, or yachts, the fact that you have undone a couple of them and seen a couple broken or have seen a couple of mistakes or have seen how to recover from mistakes gives you a level of credibility that if you have to say something, the person who's on the other side needs to have the strong impression that you know what you're talking about. Yeah, if you come, if you come from uh, a fantastic car industry, from Lamborghini, from Aston Martin, from Ferrari, all stuff that this industry has seen, I'm sure that, uh, that mm. you know this. Uh, um, if you're put under pressure and you don't know the ins and outs of a boat, um, you might lose a shot there. And with some clients, losing a shot can be very dangerous because you don't get, certainly when it gets up high, you don't get a second shot. No. You lost credibility, that's it, you're done. Yeah. And, and I think so, also you, you get a feel for somebody, the depth of their knowledge and whether it's all gloss and varnish or whether there's substance beneath that. And, um, and it's not just the yachting community, we're also seeing it in politics. Um, absolutely. Doesn't always work. Yeah. So, um, so, so Lursons then, how did you progress into Lursons? Uh, I was gone from Italy for 26 years when at a certain point I went back because uh, my dear old friends at Benetti, um, well not Ferretti before, then Benetti asked me to come back to Italy and so I lived in Florence and that was very nice. You're from Florence um, originally? Because I am, yes, yes, sorry, because I am from Florence. So after 26 years of being away, I didn't even remember the directions of the streets in Florence when I went back. That was really pretty pathetic. No, I know, I know um, that feeling. The same when, when I go back to Dublin. I, I, get, I, I get lost going to her house from my parents. And I GPS. <laughs> the ones with GPS. <laughs> it used to be a straight road. Now there's avenues and buildings. Yeah. Makes you feel old. So you went back. You you went back to Florence. You started back with Benetti, and uh, and then one day uh, I got a call from Mr. Lewison, and um, 
And so I, that was a quick decision. And so I packed my stuff. I left wife and children and cats and dogs in Florence for a year. And I moved up here. And I must say, I... You haven't looked back? Uh, I'm happy to say that, you know, everybody has bumpy moments. Mm. Uh, but uh, the, my balance of bumpy moments to uh, very satisfactory moments is, um, is definitely on the positive side. I'm very happy to be up here. I love the way the Germans do things. Um, and, uh, and it's a fantastic, it's an incredible company. I, I can't imagine a company that has this level of uh, commitment and solidity like yours. And I, I think as well, I mean, a certain level of expertise and, and quality that is sort of synonymous with Lursens as well. You know, it, it, what I think is fantastic is that Lursens is still owned by the same family for now decades and decades and decades. That alone speaks of it not just pushing forward as a massive shipbuilding company, but that the heart of it is still there. Yes, I'm about to turn my, my first five years. And I must say that I can um, not imagine how you can run a company where you deliver these very complex and long-living, enormously expensive items um, without having a family structure behind it. I mean, Peter and Friedrich are fourth generation. It literally was parents, parents, parents. There's no uh, as the full diluted, undiluted, sorry, spirit of, can you say grand four times? I don't think so. But anyway, you get Yeah, it. you can. You're the and, guest. And the, <laughs> And um, and obviously, uh, sons um, of both are already in. So I think that from the from the perspective of a, of a client, mm -hmm. um, it is an incredible sense of security knowing these guys have been in business for fourteen and a half decades, wow. and uh, they have a very successful business. I mean, we keep on growing and buying facilities, we just bought one of the largest shipyards in the world two years ago, as you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, the perspective for an owner is these guys are here, and obviously it applies on the brand equity. They yeah. are here, they will be here, the things look good, they look better. Uh, I don't know how many other people in the industry hire like we do. We actually hire people. Mm. We have an engineering... Listen to this. We have an engineering on on payroll, not people outside. On payroll, we have naval architects and marine engineers, and a number that I think just went recently over seven hundred. What? Can you imagine? Seven hundred. Imagine. Yes. That's huge. And uh, what kind of confidence does that give to people? I mean, you know, you buy. You buy a dishwasher, you pay attention already. Mm. I seem to be fixated with dishwashers. You do, actually. We spoke um, about that. I have uh, a thermostat problem. It, we'll talk later. <laughs> yes. Uh, but when you buy something where you put your family, where you put such a ridiculously large amount of money, you must make sure that you do your homework properly. Mm. And, um, and so in that regard, definitely, I am... Um, 
not I am. We are all very lucky that uh, the Lursons um, keep this business going, going healthy, going strong. Um, yachts, defense, commercial. We have nine facilities. Can you imagine? Nine facilities throughout the world? Or no, nine facilities German. just hey, hey, located hey, hey. where you are in Germany? In Germany. Ger Germany. Uh, I tell you immediately, um, we have a new website. Com congratulations to our fantastic marketing uh, that just came up that shows them very well. Wilhelmshaven, uh, three here along the Weser, um, two in Hamburg, uh, one in Rendsburg, which is on the Kiel Canal, uh, and Volgast in um, ex-Eastern Germany, where we do most of defense work. And, and they, um, it's, a, it's a very, very, very comforting feeling uh, working for a group of committed, serious people. What about um, Mr. Erson's daughters? Because uh, I had the pleasure of meeting them in, or one of them in Fort Lauderdale one year. Are they getting involved in the business as well? To be totally honest, I don't know. Uh, the company is very large, and I hmm. maybe they are in other areas. Uh, I don't believe they are here. Uh, no, just remember, uh, very charming lady. Um, I have only seen at launch pictures. I know that Peter has a, uh, a charming daughter, which doesn't surprise me, hmm. being knowing him and his wife. Uh, but other than that, I'm not familiar with the commitment. I know that the two sons of Peter and Friedrich are involved and are very, very, you know, Actually. can you imagine what kind of pressure entering in a company and being at the fifth generation? Yeah, that's got to be good. <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Lursens has come up as well in the past week um, with your big launch last week we saw of Mad Summer. And uh, also opening, you have a new appointment of um, Tim Hamilton, is it, in, in mm -hmm. uh, Lurson Americas and a new Fort Lauderdale office. That's right. So, and you're missing another one, unfortunately. Refit. And a big refit, too. The refit side. Uh, hello, did you see that thing? Yes. <laughs> So, yeah, it's... Uh, a 12-month refit was what it was hinted at. It was yeah. sort of... Um, well, I wasn't Jubilee aware, has been seen know. coming in through Amsterdam and heading for a, a, a big 12-month yes, refit. Yes, that, that was a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, and, and that stuff you can't stop because the moment that the ships, these yachts move, uh, everybody, everybody takes pictures. But yeah. of course, we we were very, as usual, very quiet, and uh, and then when it was signed, we were authorized uh, by the owner to say it. Uh, you know, it doesn't take a rocket scientist when you see a yacht that is um, goes to Blom, stays there for two weeks, uh, and then you know after a certain point, obviously somebody thinks there's something being done there. And but it's a great team effort and. Um, and uh, and it's a we're very happy we're very happy because it's it's not a lesson. Our refit uh, pipeline is uh, filling up in a very healthy way. Mm -hmm. um, we would like to we like taking also care of yachts that we did not build, but of course we serve anybody who comes with uh, any I don't want to call it big request, but we are. 
we are very qualified surgeons. We mm. are not not really qualified to do small jobs. That was one of the things that came up when we were last talking with you, Alberto, was um, Dave was actually commenting as a former VSAT specialist um, how it was very pleasurable to be on a Lursen boat because when it came to the, the kind of interior design, it wasn't the just access. the design, but the access to control panels and behind, uh, getting behind things, the practicalities mm. that it had been so well designed to the nth detail. Designed with service in mind that some poor guy somewhere in this world is given 10 minutes to fix a problem and he's got to get behind something to do it. A lot of manufacturer builders don't think, designers don't think that way. But Lursens and Fedship, I'd have to say as well, uh, if I may, um, they design with that consideration. And it is a uh, consideration. You know, I think that many start like this. Um, the bummer is that everybody gets pressure from the, the owners and everybody wants to look good in front of the owner. And so uh, uh, the poor guy, as you rightly say, that has to unplug something, um, repair something, squeeze normally in summer and normally with very little light and normally with an owner in the background. So Yes, screaming. Um, absolutely. So not exactly a, a comfortable environment in which you can concentrate and, uh, and have a rational approach to the problem. Uh, and nobody thinks of that poor guy. And instead, uh, the owner is very upset because in the few weeks that he has, um, now somebody threw away some minutes or, or, or more and instead, it's very important to, to hold our ground. And uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, the, the other brand you mentioned, and us, and, and, and a few others, actually, we want to make sure that um, it's a long-term investment. And so at a certain point, somebody has to be able to say to an owner, no, uh, or to a designer, no, in reality, it's with designers, and, uh, and think that those who, by job, have to make sure that this entire train moves along flawlessly, they are the ones that need to be uh, looked after. And because if they are happy and they can do their job quickly and well, the, the circus continues. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, <laughs> I learned how to look at general arrangements from Italia, of Italian yachts with all my love and affection for Italian yachts and the ones we do in England. And it's wonderful because Italian um, builders and in that builder, I thought also designers, they have this gift that they can fit an 11 meter tender in a garage where barely a 10 meter can fit. Yes. It's a gift. It's an absolute um, miracle that, that happens again and again. Um, then if you hear, of course, the poor crew that has to pick them up again, normally in a bumpy day, windy day, uh, with the necessity of leaving quickly and all of that. They cause damages, they bang the tenders, they... Why? Why? So, well. here we are very cautious and we are very careful and we approach in a conservative, slow, boring way the smallest problem, and I think in the long run it pays off. I think so, and um, and I thank Larson Ford for many years of uh, hardship that I've endured on on less considerate bills, may I say. 
So t- tell me, Alberta, you, um, now we're talking about refit, you were just back from Yare in Via Reggio. Yes. And uh, I was really saddened that I couldn't go this year. How was it for you? A good trip? Brilliant. Uh, um, it was under a number of aspects. Uh, there were reasonable good quality of, uh, of captains. And I mean, uh, for us, uh, I'm sure that for uh, we are not exactly normal refitters. Um, so our, our cut tends to be very high. Eh? And, um, and there were a number of good captains, but there were plenty of, um, of qualified uh, captains. And I think that for us, it's very important to get our name out uh, as refitters. Also, you know, if you go with the expectation of bringing back signed contracts, you'd be a fool and be permanently disappointed. Uh, instead, uh, met with people that have yachts, people that have captains on uh, yachts that for sure uh, owners have friends and they talk. And uh, I, we were well represented. We were full, um, and I hope, certainly from the notes that we're getting back these days, that we've been open and chatty and providing answers um, to anybody who approached us. Mm, and uh, in this regard, I must say, Yara is never a disappointment, never. So it, it stands out, I mean, when, when you say Yara, it's actually, even the hashtag for it is Yara Networking. So mm-hmm. really, it, it is less of a boat show and more of a very specialized networking event, it sounds like, yes. is the experience. Yes. Absolutely. Um, our first goal, of course, would be to encounter only captains from 60 meters, let's say 55 to be on the generous side up, that are itching to do a refit. That would be an absolute paradise. But of course, that doesn't happen. Um, so you do meet uh, people that... Uh, are candidates, well, they're all, all the candidates, uh, but we met also all sorts of other people, um, of products, of marinas, and, um, and you know, bringing to the signature of a contract, like the one that we mentioned a minute ago, is a, an effort that involves all sorts of aspects of the company. So this level of networking is very, very uh, positive. And can only, if, if you do it on a long-term basis, not if you go once, uh, it can only be um, help in uh, uh, strengthening our the awareness of the fact that we are refitters. Were, were there any particular products that you saw there that took you by surprise? Uh, anything that you didn't expect to see there uh, in an in a, in a innovative way that you thought, oh, that, the, the... that I didn't expect? Captain's Forum looked rather interesting. Did you get a chance um, to go to that? Yes, 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 yes. Um, we all split and jumped from one to another one, and it was very interesting. I must say, uh, there's there's nothing that is a re- no wheel that is being reinvented at these things, but it's always interesting to hear the stories of other captains and other shipyards, and. Um, very comforting knowing that uh, we have such an uh, analytical and scientific approach to these refits. 
Mm -hmm. uh, the industry, unfortunately, is full of um, shipyards uh, that do things completely shooting from the hip. And, uh, and, and instead, I realized that we are very lucky because ultimately it's about what the owners intend on spending. And if you are willing to spend very little, you obviously attract only a certain level of candidates that can only operate in a certain way. That means um, no uh, well-structured contracts, no good acceptances, uh, no uh, uh, analytical way to follow the refit during the period. Uh, doing the stuff well means uh, having good staff and in abundance to do so. You know, you go to a good clinic and you pay the prices of a good clinic, it's highly likely that every person from the nurse um, to the surgeon who operates has time, has um, is paid to listen carefully to what is needed. Um, and well, the, uh, the likelihood of a very successful outcome is uh, very high. You go to a, to, a, to a cheap clinic somewhere to do a cheap job, you get, yeah. uh, obviously you get you get uh, the likelihood of it being it t turning it out in a, in a mess is very high and, and a surgeon going through google while he's operating well, exactly from what i read um you met my doctor then of the captain's forum the two debates that were on in the morning one of the feedbacks from the supiak group who were hosting it was mm -hmm. that one of the feedbacks they got was from a, a captain's point of view, the frustration of lack of communication being a big part, and from the shipbuilder's point of view, the importance of uh, having and, and ascertaining the right budget. Um, that yes. looking forward in the next 10 years, the refit market is going to be a very, a, a very competitive market in many ways. So in order to excel in this market, you, those would be two of the main points that I picked up were particularly important. And I say, uh, to do both those things, you need qualified people that can give you time. And so the level in general of uh, um, the refits, and by level I mean uh, the, the price, will have to go up if we want to do that. And unfortunately, our market, like many others, is invaded by people that are in only fighting on the level of the quotes. And, that because, and that's the, the fault of the owners that look only at the bottom right corner. Um, and since nobody can do miracles, you can only hire good people to do good jobs, communicate, um, going early on, developing real lists, asserting a real scope of work, quoting only real, um, real jobs is... It's very important. And before the, ship, the, the yacht pulls up to the shipyard, in reality, mentally, the job needs to be finished already. Mm. And, uh, mm. and it said there are shipyards that, that, do, um, that don't do it that way. And they don't do it because the, the, the owners are not willing to pay for it. So uh, you can't ask them for uh, a miracle. Um, we had uh, uh, a case, we discussed loudly something that prompted me to share that we actually have a bid, no bid um, discussion in-house before we even consider taking a refit uh, to make sure that we're talking to the right client, that we're talking with the right people, and that the scope of work is right, then we take it. Otherwise, we say, no, thank you. 
So you don't take everything that comes along. You, you're quite specific not. that Absolutely you are not. the right. There are other people that mm. can do simpler jobs way better than us. And, and, uh, and we want to make sure that we have a partner that is a partner. See, I, I use that magic word. Um, uh, somebody who knows exactly what they want to do, they know her, and they have spoken already to their owner if we are not allowed to do so. And they told them to do this kind of work. You have to... Uh, budget this kind of time and money, meeting expectations. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, nobody wants to give up his boat and everybody wants to spend little. That's easy done. So meeting but them somebody... and, and managing them as well. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that's and, um, hugely important. And so it was encouraging because, uh, because, uh, because we do... Uh, when, when I look at the, at the, at the overall... Um, panorama. I can certainly say that um, that we live in uh, in a comfortable spot, uh, and that we take the time we charge for it um, to look after you in um, in the right way. Absolutely. Well, one last question, if I could, Alberto. It's, um, but um, we've been seeing a a shift with refit yards in respect to. Uh, sustainability. We've seen uh, a lot of yards changing how they're managing the runoff from, from refits, how they're managing the waste, etc. From uh, the Lurson refit facilities, well, we, we've seen over the past few years a big shift towards sustainability. And in the refit um, side of things, we've seen yards like Castilleros uh, putting in systems in place to manage the runoff from refits, manage um, the grey water, I suppose you call it, and also manage the um, the waste in a sustainable, ecological way in separating plastics and disposing of those. As well as looking at more innovative ecological ways of refitting, putting in water filtration systems that work beautifully well looking at more sustainable options for furnishings and bamboo being used now well, more instead of teak I, i'm just doing full spectrum this mm -hmm. has come up in in many different sectors of refit not just in the outside of the boat but also the inside there's there's two very different aspects there one is what are our obligations um, as a shipyard yes um, and and one is what are the owners willing to do mm -hmm. as a shipyard you know we have the wonderful problem that we have in germany <laughs> in germany the, the country brava you're right it is a, it is smiling material because we are the country that complicates easy things <laughs> uh, which is very, which is very annoying for us. But of course, I mean, this is a country that has separated uh, garbage and has uh, uh, recycled. When, when in Italy we, I don't want to say we threw garbage in, in, in the water and at sea, but but almost. So the Germans in this regard are uh, they're fantastic. We separate, uh, well, us as citizens here, we separate everything. And as a shipyard, we are uh, controlled, uh, and uh, and if we make a 
millimeter mistake, we get fined so badly um, that we have to uh, separate uh, wood, paper, everything that is polluting, oils, um, disposals of paint material, uh, glass, uh, everything that is produced as side um, uh, products of uh, the work. And then, of course, when the yachts are uh, stay so long and they stay in the water, they have 20, 30, 40 people on board. And so they generate their own uh, garbage and that needs to be managed with a string of containers in, in front of the yacht that is, mamma mia, I think at the beginning for most people it becomes confusing. You know that we even separate glass from transparent to colored? Wow. So, so, um, <laughs> so from that standpoint in Germany, uh, we have... Um, First class uh, standards. I'm fascinated when I see shipyards that are allowed, sorry, countries that allow yachts to be painted in the water mm. um, and that do all sorts of things. We know. And unfortunately, the customer has to pay the difference. Right. Um, so that is that is um, uh, nothing that is not our personal merit. It's mm -hmm. it's the government that imposes on us this legislation, and we are very careful to make sure that we stick to them because the fines are monstrous. Yes. Um, the second aspect, the one you mentioned about uh, treatment of sewage water, soot. Um, and then bring it to the next level with renewable materials instead of teak and stuff like that. that and, and I'm leaving out the enormous chapter of, um, of green propulsion, which opens a monstrous... Um, uh, that's our next interview. <laughs> <laughs> a whole other subject. Uh, that's, you know, that, that's all wonderful. Um, to be totally honest, I am not 100% convinced uh, that the technology is there for everybody and that, that is really suited for us uh, to explain that. Um, I think it's brilliant that somebody thinks of a material to use instead of teak, because, but in the meantime, teak gets grown uh, in a very careful way. The trees are controlled, what gets uh, cut uh, gets controlled. Um, sometimes I think that we do some of these things mostly to please the conscience of owners. Mm. As to uh, uh, hybrid propulsions, the options are enormous. The impact is microscopic. Um, I wish that um, my personal wish would be that these things were imposed on the commercial world, not so much on us. We are a millimeter of uh, possible, let's call them culprits, so let's correct those culprits just because they are rich and they can afford it. Uh, the truth be said that in order to benefit the air and the quality of the conditions of the sea would be that we would have to, to uh, tackle the big mass of, of people. That It's like saying, should we control the Rolls Royces and the Bentleys on the street or should we look after the trucks? Mm. Mm. That's it on the Rolls Royces. Makes better press. Uh, let, let's start with them, exactly. So they feel comfortable, they feel that they have done their piece, uh, but ultimately in the overall balance of, um, of um, how do you call it, CO2 uh, or, or cleanliness mm. of water or microplastics, unfortunately, there's only so much we can persuade our clients to do or their smart brokers and designers uh, that can actually alter the balance of this disastrous situation. The 
somebody should have the, the guts uh, to to go against other sections. The big of commercial the, side. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that instead of, yep. you, of course, they, they, I hear you. tackling them would be fast, far more effective, let's put it so. Yeah. And plus there's only small amount of those companies that operate 80 odd percent of that that world so focus your attention there uh, get better results and uh, well one final question did you did you get to go to florence after yare and see yes mama Perun? indeed i did and i had an incredible surprise when i arrived home that my mother at 85 and uh, and without an eye and and with crutches when I got home, she was not home late on Friday night. She was at the theater. Wow, and since I was very tired after three days, I had to send to my mother a message at the to theater. She, when she came home because I wanted to sleep. So my mother had to tiptoe at 85 to make does, sure she didn't wake me up. Does she, does she get a discount because she only gets to see half of it with one eye? And she should. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Isn't that fantastic? Mary had an image of, you know, a huge, I, I imagine Italian, Italian mothers loving to feed their sons, yeah, like the Irish village mothers. Would be out. So I could see, you know, all this antipasta and plates of food ready to greet you. <laughs> Get home to an empty house and a little note over the fireplace. Mama's at the theater. Exactly, I'm at the theater. <laughs> see you tomorrow, honey. <laughs> exactly. Well, Alberto, I have to thank you again for your time. I, you're an incredibly busy man and we've taken a big chunk out of your afternoon. It was lovely to catch up with you. It really was. And uh, hear firsthand thank you. the experience. Thank you very much. I hope I can hear you more in the future on, uh, on the waves. On Sumia no, Radio. Tune in and if there's anything you want to have a chat about, drop us a line. Fantastic. We'll do. Lovely. Thank you, Alberto. Thank you for Thank your time. You. Really Lovely appreciate to catch it. you. You've been uh, listening to Alberto Perron, who's the sales director for Refit at Lursons. Thank you again, Alberto. This is Maeve and I saying thank you for listening. This is Super Yacht Radio. Time for some music.